Hey, this is the Councilman, inviting you to tune in for Down Ballot, live every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Echoplex Media, or on your favorite podcatcher. Get the dip on local derp from the folks who know it best, us. And don't forget to stay tuned for local love. Down Ballot, because all derp is local. Fuck off, Jericho! I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, Jericho! 
Welcome podcast listeners and thanks for sticking around for the upfront hour live viewers and listeners. This is the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light. This podcast hour is the 8 to 9 p.m. hour and uh, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder If you'd like to support this project, go to echoplexmedia.com. Click the support tab. I'll be adding some new stuff to our swag shop this week. I have a couple really cool designs I'm working on for some shirts and stuff. And my co-host almost every week here in less the Florida weather knocks out your knocks out the internet. Yeah, I'm historian Matt. And, uh, since, uh, Dave brought it up, I will say I am probably not going to be here next week. Not certain, but I will be on an adventure and I don't think I'll be able to, to be on the podcast. So, uh, but I'll be, I should be back before the following week and plenty of time to, to be on the show. Um, and the uh, weather's getting a little bit better here. It's turning into summer rains, which is uh, in Florida. It's a 3 p.m. rains, you know, every day, which means it'll be well over by the time that we we do the podcast. So should be good to go. You can also see me on another Echoplex Media show called How the Tech Are You? It's our technology science podcast, mostly about tech, it's supposed to be about tech, but I've been slipping in a lot of t- science. Uh, check it out. It's good. We recorded on Monday, but we put it out on Wednesday and it's, uh, it's not a live show. We, it's recorded, goes out on YouTube and as a podcast, any, uh, podcast places. So Dave, do you want to give the people what they want? Or did you want to say something first? Police officers. <laughs> I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crackle, pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Don't hate the cops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Like your local police. Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops. Follow the law, don't hate the cops. Hold your hands above your head. Cops. You can't blame them for just doing their job Don't hate the cops 
<clears throat> we're going to open the podcast portion of the show with a Father's Day message from Herschel Walker, <clears throat> who is running for Senate in Georgia and could possibly win. I know. I'm going to say something. Y'all forgive me for this. It goes all the way back to slavery that we still have that mentality sometimes. Back in the slave days, the father sometimes he become the big big man on there and they sell him off from the family right or beat him to an interview. they beat him or sell him off so he's gone now so the, the little kids are there now they're working like that or that because they got to grow up what we need to do is let's say okay Herschel, and i and i blame myself but i'm gonna tell you what i'm doing i said you know what we need to do is let's go in our neighborhood and let's become fathers of those fatherless child get your education it's going to be okay Get your education. It's going to be all right. Hey, respect the police. Go home safe. Get home. Get home to your families. And remember that, remember, you can leave the wife, but don't leave your child. We give them those old things that I was brought upon from my father. Because I was blessed to have a mom and a dad. And I'm, I'm saying some kids are not. And, I, and, and Charlie, I want to say this. And I, I want to say this to all kids, not just the African-American kids. This is major for them. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Give them good values that you have. Mm -hmm. That you say, you know what? And I said this to someone. I said, if you have a child with a woman, even if you have to leave that woman, even if you have to leave that woman, you don't leave the child. Right, right. You let that child know. You try to work it out. You're going to be respectful to her. If you're going to be respectful to other things, you show that to your child. New at 11, Republican Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker is acknowledging a second son. His campaign confirmed the child after the Daily Beast reported Tuesday that the boy's mother had taken Walker to court to establish paternity. I have four children, three sons and a daughter. They're not undisclosed. They're my kids. While he does support all children financially, Walker has reportedly had no contact with his youngest son, age 10. It is not known how much contact he has had with the two others, one 13-year-old and the other, a daughter he had while in college. Wow. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I thought it was going to be a whole lot more word salad with Herschel uh, Walker on Diamond and Silk. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, me too. I was kind of disappointed in the word salad, but <clears throat> I mean, those are inspirational words from an inspirational father. <clears throat> Apparently the only kid he... <clears throat> stays in touch with or whatever is Christian Walker, who we've watched videos of before. And that, I mean that he didn't do the really the best job of parenting that guy. Oh. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know, his he's, his son's like a, like sort of flamboyantly gay guy who like the, a famous video was him complaining about gas prices, but he was in like a $1,500 sweater. <laughs> and he's definitely like using a credit card that he uh, does not pay the bill on. Cause his dad's Herschel Walker. Right. So yeah. it was just that's famously, you know, his kid's like a kind of a spoiled brat and a, a total jerk. So up next is Ted Cruz getting heckled at some kind of Patriot event. And I can't quite tell, but I think it's the Groypers. I think it's Nick Fuentes' group heckling him and they're calling him a globalist and a coward and all this shit. I love to see them fight. I just love to see them fight. <laughs>
you do for America. You know that. Remember how Trump made fun of your wife, and then you go become best friends with Trump. I know, but why do you do that? You go become best friends with Trump after he makes fun of you and your wife. Why do you do that? I understand you don't want to defend Texas. You don't want. No, see, I do love America. See, you don't. You care more about the border between Ukraine and Russia than you care about the border between Texas and Mexico. Why is that? Why do you care about that? I know, but why are you globalist? You're a globalist, but you know it, Teddy. You're a globalist, Ted. You know that, bud. And that's why you're a coward and a liar. And you know that, and I know that. And that's why you're afraid to stand up for it. When Sir. people were freezing and dying, you were in Cancun, Sir. Mexico. You remember that? You remember when you are at the all-inclusive buffet when people were freezing? Go away. No, but do you remember that, Ted, when everybody was freezing? Remember that, when people were dying? Some of the stuff he was um, saying was right, but like this, oh, you're a globalist, you're a globalist. It's like, dude, he is, it, I mean, like, I don't love Ted Cruz, right? But he is responsible for foreign policy decisions t- to some extent. Yeah. You know, they vote on things in the Senate that have to do with foreign policy. So it's not actually a bad thing for a senator to un- to like care about things that are happening on the, 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 the world stage. I just don't think Ted Cruz is the person who cares about things that are happening on the world stage unless he can use them to grandstand and yeah. um i don't know who this guy is but like the way he's talking and the things he's saying leads me to believe that he's either one of the like nick fuentes people or he's like incredibly influenced by them because this is the kind of stuff they talk about they talk about like nationalism like open discussion of nationalism yeah, yeah. um Globalist doesn't mean you are aware of global issues. It means that you're, you, I guess, support like a global world government above, uh, you know, your, your national government. I'm pretty sure that's what he's trying to, what he's trying to say. Well, as far as like the, the global economy goes, that ship already sailed, right? (laughs) Yeah. So like you're, you're just super like late pass on that as far as like, like money, the money already flows freely. Yeah. This, this next one's funny. Here's Ted Cruz. He's on with Michael Knowles. Michael Knowles is a contributor for the Daily Wire. That's little Ben Shapiro's rag. And uh, apparently Ted Cruz is a gamer. Okay. When you can buy in-game items and sort of make your character stronger or get advantages. Now, I'll confess, when I play some games, I'll sometimes buy it because it is more fun if suddenly your character has a lot more great stuff that would take you six months or a year to build up. So sometimes I'll, okay, I'll spend 20 bucks and buy a, you know, a, a treasure chest full of coins. Cause then I can spend them to get cool things in the game. Yeah. Ted, today we wow. learned that Ted Cruz sucks at video games. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably talking about like crappy, uh, phone games, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> like, um, candy crush and shit where it is actually kind of hard to get ahead if you don't spend any money yeah but i mean it's just candy crush it's like a non-story i just thought it was kind of funny that ted cruz copped to being really bad at games so i yeah. fucking put it in here um here's ron johnson we saw him earlier talking about uh january 6th and now this guy ran for office when he first ran he said i'm going to run i'm going to do two terms and it was one of his big talking points when he was running for, I believe, this is a senator, a United States senator. Well, now he's running for his third term, if you could imagine that. And uh, he's going to yeah. answer some questions as to why he didn't keep his promise to just do two terms. To run again, I, you know, I didn't want to do this. Right? <laughs> I was happy 12 years and go home, okay? And my wife really didn't want me to do this. 
but we're both patriots. And when COVID, when we started opening up after COVID, as I'm going around the state, and people are literally coming up to me with tears in their eyes or streaming down their cheeks. So you, you got to run. You got to help us save this country. Okay. And now that I've decided to run, now it's just, you know, we have to save this country. The, 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 the tears haven't gone away. It's an everybody clapped moment, right? He's like, <clears throat> do you think that this is a true story that people were coming up to him and saying, you have to keep, you have to keep doing this job? Well, I mean, the only people that are there probably allowed to come up to him are his supporters. So it's, it's probably very biased, <laughs> you know, uh, survey there. Right. And <clears throat> I don't know. I think that like, like running with a, like a self-imposed term limit when you, um, if you're kind of unknown or whatever is actually a pretty good, pretty good set, pretty good talking point, a pretty good way to get people to vote for you. Right. Because a lot yeah. of people are in favor of term limits for Congress anyway. And if you impose it upon yourself, you're going to peel some people off who might like your opponent for whatever reason, just because of that, yeah. especially in a primary. Of course, when you don't follow through, <laughs> you kind of lose a certain amount of respect from people. Yeah, but then you don't really have to win a primary ever again if you're a senator, if you're already a senator. Sure, somebody might run against you in the primary, but it's not like it's not like they generally have a chance. It's very unlikely that a somebody in a primary election is going to knock off somebody who's in the Senate. It's a little more common in the House of Representatives, and I think it's just because there's a lot more representatives, and so there's a lot more chances for it to potentially happen. <clears throat> so up next is Lauren Boebert. She claims that Biden wants to give criminal illegal alien terrorists $450,000 when they get across the border. Sure. It's like when it's, I'm not going to, never mind. No, no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to leave that one in my head. She's, she's using that log logic tool, right? She's using the logic tool. Or, excuse me, our gotaways. And so these are the criminal aliens. We're, we're talking terrorists that are coming through our nation's border. And they get a cell phone when they come through. Uh, they wanted to give them $450,000 checks when they came through. And they certainly get a bus ticket or a plane ticket to fly anywhere in America that they say they know someone. Chain, chain migration taking place in our country. Chain migration. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah. <clears throat> so... The $450,000 check, I think she just made up or someone else made it up and she's repeating it. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if they fly you or put you on a bus somewhere. I imagine that's not unlikely if you have family somewhere while your case is adjudicated. If they, you know, if it's determined by the powers that be that it's not worth their while to incarcerate you. Yeah, they'll probably send you to go live with family or something while they adjudicate your case. Uh, I don't see any problem with that because. Crossing the border is not a felony and lots of people get out on bail for felonies even so. And lots yeah. of people were released on their own recognizance for non felony offenses. And I, um, that's fine. I don't see a problem there. And did you know that Marjorie Taylor green was attacked? Did not know that. I feel like not actually attacked though is what's going to show up here. It was, it was a sticker. Oh, <laughs> Is it one of our stickers? No, I wish it was. <laughs> I wish they'd be talking about our fucking our uh, our website on uh, on the news and stuff all the time because it was one of our stickers. But alas, no, it's not one of our stickers. It's um, she had a two genders sign outside of her office, and apparently somebody put a sticker on it. 
and it's the oh, okay. the fucking Cuban Missile Crisis. This the Department of Justice refuses to prosecute Tim Heisum, Jake Oshenklaus's chief of staff. Even though he's been caught by Capitol Police, he's on camera, on video twice, attacking the sign, attacking my religion, attacking my gender, um, and attacking attacking my beliefs of of you know protecting gender and also the beliefs of my district. And so they refuse to prosecute. Uh, him. Hold on for a second. Attacking religion and attacking beliefs of you or your district somehow. None of those are illegal. Like, <clears throat> as you can see, you can see video here. He's putting a sticker on a sign she put out there. The best, <laughs> the best she's yeah. going to be able to do is like, like defacing property that if it's a sign that she had printed out the max, that thing could have cost us like 20 bucks. So, yeah. <laughs> so this just isn't, this just isn't a real big problem here. Pelosi will not provide me with secu a security detail, even though they provide themselves with a security detail. <laughs> Is so she worried about uh, getting attacked by a sticker person? There's <laughs> like a rogue sticker looking for her in the fucking halls of Congress. So many death threats. I don't know if one of these death threats are actually Tim Heisum, and I do not feel safe. I'm going to what? have to take out a restraining order against him uh, because I don't know if my life is threatened. Your life's not threatened. Well, she said she was getting death threats, which I'm not that surprised about, but um, she was just like randomly applying it to this guy who put a sticker on her sign. Like that's death threat and sticker, not even remotely close to the same thing. Right. She said, oh, I don't, I don't know. How do I know that this death threat isn't from the person who put a sticker on my sign? And it's like, well, that's the chief yeah. of staff for someone else's, uh, someone else's office in the house of representatives. I have a feeling that they know better than to send people death threats. Yeah, I would hope so. So here's her talking about it on the floor of the house. And <laughs> she's got this, <laughs> she's got the sign and the, the sticker. <laughs> also, it just looks like a, doesn't look like a sticker. It looks like they printed out a piece of paper and put a little tape on it. So I did find out who this person is, and it's reported in the news. I did find out that it's Representative Jake Oshenkloss, chief of staff. His chief of staff is the person that has been consistently attacking the sign, targeting me, <laughs> harassing me. This is a chief of staff. This isn't like a low-level staffer. This isn't an intern. This is a chief of staff that's had quite a career here working in this institution who knows better i don't even think it was a sticker it looks like they printed out looked like it was like an eight and a half by 11 piece of printer paper that they printed a message on and yeah. taped to the sign or something unless it's one of those that's like the whole eight and a half by 11 sheet you you run through your printer is is a sticker kind of thing fair enough you're supposed to cut it up you know fair enough anyway i don't think that this is a, a big thing that uh needs to be investigated um no i don't know i don't think that they should be defacing each other's property but like on this in the scale of things this is just like this is like a non-story so here's yeah. her on her show i don't know where her show airs it's just the mtg show i think i don't know maybe it's on her website and here's her talking a little bit more about this um heinous act of criminal violence 
Clinical Research Subcommittee of the NIH Global Health Research Working Group. Wow, I think he's definitely somebody that we're going to want to talk to in a Republican majority. When we're asking questions about COVID-19, we're, we're asking questions about bioweapons, not only in China at labs like the Wuhan lab, but probably at also biolabs, maybe in countries like Ukraine. I think there's a lot of questions that we need to ask Jake's dad, Dr. Oshenklaus, who works with Dr. Anthony Fauci, and what all were they doing? And what happened? Is she just what getting happened? like her info directly from and Russia? Then, Is this what's going on? Yeah, I don't know because, and that wasn't related to the sticker, except that as soon as the sticker happened, she had to like, she's like, okay, let me find a conspiracy theory about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, there's got to be a conspiracy theory about him. He's a Democrat. He probably like supported reasonable COVID policy. There's got to be some kind of conspiracy theory out there about him. And uh, apparently there was. And his dad worked with Fauci on bioweapons, I guess. I guess. Probably just doing research on viruses in general. And somehow that's a bioweapon now. Or maybe they have absolutely fucking nothing to do with each other. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> I mean, we got we to gotta leave open the possibility that this is just something that's completely bullshit, right? That like, Good point. <clears throat> somebody with the same name worked with somebody else with the same name. I mean, any number of things can happen here. We don't know. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just real interesting that as soon as the sticker gate happened, she uh, decided to go looking for conspiracy theories about the guy whose chief of staff did it. She cray. Um, you know what else cray is this next story This gal okay. who is dressed totally normally yeah. for, for the heat in Arizona or not Arizona. I'm sorry, Louisiana dressed totally normally for the heat in Louisiana, okay. got an indecent exposure ticket. What? Check out her outfit. Looks fucking normal as shit to me. Guess what? Yeah. You see my outfit? I got a fucking ticket for indecent exposure in Winfield, Louisiana. Okay, indecent exposure. All of my bits are covered. The fuck, are you kidding me? At a family event where there's alcohol being literally handed out for free, and that's a family event, and three female cops came up to me and gave me a fucking ticket. I live in mile down the road. They literally could have just been like, hey ma'am, could you put some clothes on? And I would have been like, yeah, cool, I'll be right back. But no, they stood there and gave me a fucking ticket for indecent exposure. Actually, the answer, could, could you put some more clothes on, would be no. <laughs> Good point. I am wearing I enough mean, clothes, actually. Like, what? Are, I don't. Doesn't she have to be, like, showing something that's not allowed? Like, what is, she's not allowed to show her belly button or something? Like... I don't understand. I mean, I'm not into I'm not into women or anything. She looked pretty decent to me, Matt. She looks perfectly clothed to me, you know. <laughs> I mean, I can understand like not having as much because it's really hot. I mean, I'm in Florida. I understand the heat and humidity, which you guys don't have over there uh, <laughs> in California. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that seems appropriate. She's got the right face right where we still screened is. We're going to leave it there. The frown. Yeah. <laughs> She's. I mean. There's, there's no courthouse in America anywhere that's going to uphold that, right? There's, right. But right. she's going to have to go to court to fight it or just go pay the ticket. 
and yeah like that's fucking bonkers she's just wearing short shorts they're not even the shortest shorts have people ever seen the 70s there were men in the castro wearing shorts that would have put her her short shorts to shame (laughs) and like yeah like her shirt isn't even like a v-neck i mean i'm i'm not i don't shouldn't have to be making apologies for her because she didn't do anything right but this is like just how this is just what you might wear in the heat yeah or even if it's like just kind of a nice day yeah fucking fuck those three three lady cops came up and did this too fuck those three lady cops yeah what a crazy fucking country this is starting to be here starting to be since forever so dan crenshaw got harangued by the same guy that was we saw ted cruz talking to a few minutes ago we ran that clip last week and uh here's dan crenshaw who's like the monster i helped create is behaving like a monster how could this have ever (laughs) happened so the latest conspiracy theory about me and there are many and they're kind of hilarious and you people love to click on them one of the latest ones is that i'm secretly part of the world economic forum that's right so the conspiracy goes like this um even though i vote uh completely opposite to their values everything i say and do is completely antithetical to everything World Economic Forum stands for that there's this Sounds like you're an expert on the World Economic Forum, buddy. You're not making a good case for yourself here. Believe that secretly <laughs> I'm a card-carrying member. Um, it's not true. <laughs> Never collaborated with them. There's no correspondence with them. There's no membership. There's nothing. The reason people latch on to this, for those of you who don't know, and you probably don't even know what the World Economic Forum is, a few years ago in 2019, every year they publish a list of like up and coming leaders and they put me on the list. I rose to fame very, very quickly uh, in 2019. And so they add me to the list. There's no correspondence that occurs. There's, there's again, there's no membership. There's no meetings. Never been to Davos. And <laughs> I think we need to put the conspiracy back in the box where it belongs. And uh, let's try not to turn our politics into the Jerry Springer show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> not for nothing, this guy was the admin of a Pizzagate group on Facebook in like 2017. Of course. Of course. Um, he claims that he had kind of forgotten about the group and that it had gone Pizzagate without him knowing. Yeah, sure. But still, I mean, he started the... You started, you know, the the snowball rolling down the hill, right? Right. Again, it's just that these people, like, they're willing to rile up, like, uh, like a right-wing conspiratorial base against their Democratic opponents when they need to. And then that conspiratorial base turns on them, and they seem so fucking shocked about it. Yeah. They're, like, they think they kind of have control of the phenomena or something, and they don't. You can't control that kind of phenomena. Yeah. Oh, God. Also, I realized I used a, an inappropriate uh, analogy for Florida because we don't have snow and we don't have hills. So, <laughs> Here's more of Marjorie the Gathering. She's going to talk about how people don't trust Congress. And I think it's from this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, look who it's coming from. <laughs> and of course, it's about the sticker. <laughs> or at least tangentially about the sticker. Let's see what's going on here. You know something, the way this place treats me is exactly the way 
conservatives, Republican voters, and many Americans feel treated. They feel mistreated because this place only cares about itself. This place cares about what happens here and is so disconnected to farmers who are about to go out of business, mothers that can't find baby formula, women that can't find feminine products, the border, just be all those towns overrun, overrun, overrun. They try to help the people so much, they can't even help anymore. The crime that's increasing, the billions and billions of dollars that we're sending over for a proxy war with Russia and some other country to protect their borders, but we won't protect our own. Do you not know the name of the country? feel mistreated the same way I feel mistreated. And it's completely wrong. It needs to change. You see, this is a place where we should all be working together. It shouldn't be hard for <laughs> Democrats to come up with a budget that serves our country. It shouldn't be hard for us to work together to fund a Department of Justice that prosecutes crimes in America, crimes against members of Congress. <laughs> like a sticker. Like a sticker. <laughs> this shouldn't be complicated. But somehow it's complicated, and it's all complicated because of the disgusting industry called politics. And that needs to change. Well, then what are you doing working in that industry? Seriously. We're going to hit a point one day where the American people, they're so sick of us. They're sick of Congress. They're sick of what happens here. And we're going to hit a point one day where the American people, not only are they sick of us, but they just won't trust us anymore. And you want to know something? I don't blame them one single bit. So that ship has sailed. Um, the way this works yeah. in a lot of cases is people don't trust Congress. They like their congressperson, but they think the whole rest of them are a bunch of bunch of jokers and frauds and shit. And I bet that's the sentiment in her district, too, where they're like, oh, Marjorie's guilt. Some of the people, uh, the majority of the voters, because she did win the, the last election. And there's no sign that she's going to lose this time. So, unfortunately, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I could think of a lot of reasons not to trust Congress, but she was up there talking about sticker gate and that's just not one of them. <laughs> and she was also talking about the border towns and not for nothing. When you look at an electoral map of Texas, where's all the blue at? Uh, where is it? On the the border towns. Yeah. They're not in favor of this sort of hard line on the border they're voting in representatives from the democratic party but dave that's because of the great replacement see the border towns have already been replaced oh that's right it's it's the front lines of that that white replacement yeah. theory right they've already replaced all the vote the the regular voters i forgot about that that's a good fucking point matt thank you for bringing that up <laughs> so what we got next yeah, Senator Ron Johnson again. This time he's talking about fake electors and he's being uh, interviewed as he, it's a little walk and talk. So I can't promise anything on the audio. You might just mostly hear the air. We'll see. Because I don't think anybody here has one of those little Don King hats like our portable recorder has. Right. I, I didn't deliver. We called them up. We called them up. He didn't want it. And we didn't deliver it. But why, story. But took, why did you even offer it without vetting it? We got handed an envelope that was supposed to go to the vice president. I didn't know. 
So we called, we called out the vice president. He didn't want it. We didn't deliver it. It's a story, guys. This is such a non-story. Are you going to ask who got it? When you had received the envelope, Pardon? was that the first you had heard of it when you received yeah. the envelope? And who? Do you remember who gave it to you? I have no. It was a staff to staff deal. I mean, it apparently had Michigan and Wisconsin. I had no hand in any of it. Again, this 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 lasted a couple minutes in our office, and yeah. the episode is over. Again, this is guys, this is a total non-story. Are you going to ask your aides about who this person was? Have you we, asked? We we, we did no, literally don't. It was a staff to staff kind. Somebody from the house, some staff intern, you know, said we got to. You know, the, the vice president needs this or whatever. You know, again, I wasn't involved. I don't know what they said, but uh-huh. but, do you but, ask- but but somebody from the house delivered it to a staff member in my office, my chief of staff. I'm getting. Big he's lying vibes. He's definitely trying to distance himself from something. Vice president, hey, we got this. Uh, and and the vice president said, don't deliver it. We didn't. Are you, you curious about happened. the identity of this person? Are you curious about the identity of this person? Do you want to ask about no. it? Or, no, because no, there's, there's no conspiracy here. This, this is a complete non-story, guys. Complete non-story. But wait, wouldn't an elected official, uh, one with integrity, want to know whose office called them and tried to get them involved in some kind of felony conspiracy against the United States of America? I would think so. I'd want to know whose office called and tried to get me and tried to get me and to go on their little fucking crusade. Yeah. I mean, if I was not involved, like really not involved with this and it seemed like some backroom thing was happening that was getting me involved, like I would want to know everything that happened like do i have somebody who's disloyal on my team you know what i mean right he's trying to get me in trouble right was someone on my team entertaining this notion without coming to me first to ask about it right yeah or even was someone on my team talking about this with somebody without consulting legal counsel about the discussion right yeah i don't know what exactly like the chain of command would be but yeah i'd want to know who on my team was talking who they were talking to and who that other person worked for but right. he seems very uninterested in all of that. You know, the facts of the matter. Yeah. Which doesn't make him look great. No, I mean, he he's, I don't know if he's interested, but he definitely is not interested in talking about it. Right. And, and, and it's funny, like you have a bunch of reporters surrounding you and you're trying to say that something is a non-story. Clearly there's a story here. Or at least they think there is. Yeah. But I mean, I still don't understand if you get listen, an envelope. If, if, listen, if this, if this were... If this were a real committee, they'd be asking, why wasn't the Capitol secured? You know, who's in charge of that security? This is a total partisan witch hunt. Uh, and, you know, I was, not, I was not involved in this at all, you know. You so I don't know why you're even asking the questions. If the so why don't you just leave me alone? I wasn't involved, but if I was, it's actually a witch hunt. If the committee reaches out yeah. and they want to talk to your staff about this, would you, would you allow them to cooperate if they wanted to know who, which, which house office asked you guys to do this? We, you know, trust me. When this news broke, I asked the questions. Nobody knows. And these, these just that's probably not true. They probably keep meticulous staff. records of every no phone idea. call. But you, it was your chief yeah. of staff who sent this information over. No, it was no, no, no. It was my chief of staff that contacted. He just came from the White House. Uh-huh. First day on the job, uh, he called up somebody he knew in the white in the vice president's staff. Hey, we wait. What was your chief of staff doing at the White House on their first day of their, at the job? I don't know. You'd think there would be. Like an intake process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy's not making himself look great at all here, I don't think. <laughs> at this, uh, you know, uh, and the vice president would don't deliver to us, and we didn't. I mean, and he does, you do know, does he know who he got this from? 
that all sounds fishy. I don't know who my staffer was. I don't know whose staff they were talking to. Um, but no matter what, this is a partisan witch hunt. And also my chief of staff on their first day at the job, I decided to send them to the White House. Yeah. Even if it's an experienced person with connections, you'd still think their first day as your chief of staff, you would spend the day with that person. Yeah. Getting them kind of up to speed with what's going on in your office. If you need, if you need X, you contact, you contact this person, like just sort of, it's my first day here are things that no matter who you are, how qualified you are, if you're part of a bureaucracy, like a bureaucratic organization, you need to know how the bureaucracy works. Right. So there's this guy, Patrick Byrne. He's sort of QAnon adjacent. <laughs> okay. And he thinks that he should be called in front of the January 6th committee. <laughs> so he's responding to a request for the White House counsel, a guy named Pat. Cipollone, Cipollone to testify. And he's like, well, why aren't you calling me? Here I am. Senator Cheney is calling on former White House counsel Pat Cipollone to agree to testify live. Hey, hey, I repeat, I'm out here. I'll testify live under oath. No lawyer around the world. Call me. Call me. What am I, Wood? Boy, you're a dumb fuck. Was he rando? Like, what? What does he have to do? He doesn't have anything to do with any of this. He's like some Q adjacent grifter. <laughs> okay. He was sort of remember that remember that negative forty eight call. He was sort of friendly with yeah. the Michael Protzman guy that ran the negative forty eight uh, call. I don't think he was involved in the negative forty eight call, but he's definitely like a pick me for like the far right. Conversation yeah. that I was in. You don't have to twist anyone's arm. I'll come and tell you the whole thing. I, I'll come and tell you the whole thing. What whole thing? You don't have any information. Story of my life. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> no, in this case, well, see, you weren't that's... even invited to the wedding because you're weird. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of gives away what the, the, his whole point of this, right? He just wants to be in front of the camera, right? To get attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird because he had nothing like there's no his to, to my knowledge, his name hasn't really come up in the investigation of January 6th in any sort of meaningful way. I don't think he was there. I don't think he like is associated with the Proud Boys or the Three Percenters. Um, the only way in which he's like tangentially related is just that he was kind of spreading QAnon-adjacent propaganda. Yeah. And everybody who spread QAnon-adjacent propaganda ain't going in front of Congress because you, you actually have every right to do that. Yeah. There's no nothing there. You've done right. nothing wrong. I mean, I think you've done something wrong, but you've done nothing illegal. <laughs> yeah. So if you know, the uh, FDA banned Juul, the uh, nicotine vape uh, company. They just banned the stuff entirely. The, they didn't ban yeah. vapes. They banned uh, Juul specifically because they were marketing the highest nicotine level like as the one that they were encouraging uh people to suggest to people who were trying to quit smoking and no. the fda is like well we no. think that's bad and uh i i think it's stupid um yeah i think they're also they a lot of people thought that they were marketing to kids i don't know if that's uh 
provable or not. Definitely, there was a lot of younger people using Juul right. over any other brand. <clears throat> and but, I think the reason the younger people liked it is it was kind of fashionable looking. You've seen them, right? Yeah. Like, what looks like better, a Juul or this fucking spaceship contraption that I have? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the Juul had, like, a design team and stuff. I feel like your uh, comparison was a little biased there, but okay. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, this is like the other options are things like this. There are other little things yeah. that look like, like cigarettes, but the, yeah. the, yeah, the jewel, like they had a whole like design team and that's why like younger yeah. people were drawn to it because it looked, I guess, cool or whatever. I never cared. Right. And I, yeah, I think it was bad that they banned it. Um, but I don't care that much. Those people made a ton of fucking money, so they'll be fine. But here's Tucker's take on it. And of course, the still here is uh, a crack pipe with uh, Joe Biden, because this is what you do at a news outlet. Of course. No, they have a new drug war. Yesterday, the FDA, and FDA announced it's planning to remove virtually all nicotine from cigarettes. Now, nicotine is not the thing that gives you cancer. Nicotine is the thing. It's addictive, but it also increases mental acuity. But they're taking that out. Wait, no, it doesn't. According to the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> the agency will also ban Juul e-cigarettes. Now, what happens when you get off nicotine? Well, your testosterone levels plummet and you gain weight, both of which the administration... Is that true? I don't think that's true. More passive. I mean, the gain weight control. is. So, Maybe that's what he's talking about, because when you gain weight, you tend to lose t testosterone as well. So he said mental acuity, but like by that logic, methamphetamine also increases your mental acuity <laughs> because it's a right. stimulant. Yeah. Um, that's not... Smoking cigarettes doesn't make you do better on any standardized testing of any kind, but maybe we don't don't get into talking about standardized testing, huh? Um, but like you don't, it doesn't it doesn't increase your ability to solve problems, and um, everything Tucker there said there is a lie, if you could imagine that. What? So we're forty five minutes in, and we got to our palate cleanser this week. Yay. So in 1975, apparently the NHL team, the Blackhawks, played a game against Sesame Street. And there's <laughs> okay. some video of it. So this is cute. For the Sesame Street gang, it's the Cookie Monster protecting the goal. And out of the garbage can for this performance, Oscar the Grouch at center. Now facing off, it's Oscar the Grouch and Blackhawk Bill White. White driving the puck down the ice on goal with a terrific save by the Cookie Monster and a fast move to his left. <laughs> Big first size of the puck now, but it's stolen by the Blackhawks. Number 17, Elaine Degler with the puck now to Ivan Bogorev, who shoots for the goal, but again it's lost in the Cookie Monster's fluff. The season Sesame Street veterans keeping their lead just a little longer. There's a lot at stake here. I think we just watched Cookie Monster eat the puck. <laughs> now second period action. Big Bird unsure of his footing on the ice. Bumps into Elaine Degla and there's an altercation against the boards. It's Boulderev with the puck now trying to regain the lead. Big Bird just punked number 17. <laughs> closing seconds, these are the plays that make the big difference. And this goal by Oscar the Grouch makes it 3-2, the Blackhawks lead. Oh, shit. <laughs> I lost. Although I guess if Cookie Monster eats eats the puck, uh, it's hard to win. Yeah, I don't know if, like, do you get a goal by default if Cookie Monster eats the puck? <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I, like I just the thought that was... I like the announcers that are very serious about the game. Well, it's only funny if the announcers pretend it's a real hockey game, right? That's true. That's true. But it was it was super cute. And also, like, critical support to whoever was trying to skate in that Big Bird costume. The other costumes yeah. were a little more, like, looked like it was getting probably a little easier. But the Big Bird costume, he got that big head on and shit. 
Yeah. Super difficult, but um, good job, everybody. Good game, everybody. It's not who wins, it's how you play the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think that I've was ever a good one. I don't think I've ever seen Oscar the Grouch outside of the um outside of the trash can. So Yeah. It's nice to see him getting out and getting some uh some getting some exercise. Getting some <laughs> air for the bottom half of his body. <laughs> so that was fun. Up next we got um we got old Tuck Tuck. He's uh, mad Yay. at Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Call Stephen Colbert a Karen. So how is what Stephen Colbert did different from what the protesters on January 6th have been convicted of doing? That's a very good question. And it's a question that Colbert himself spent the weekend thinking about. His conclusion, uh. well, unlike Trump voters, Stephen Colbert is a very good person. Therefore, any comparison to Trump voters is not simply ridiculous, it is a moral crime. Watch. Now, it's predictable why these TV talkers are talking like this on the TV. They want to talk about something other than the January 6th hearings on the actual seditionist insurrection that led to the deaths of multiple people and the injury of over 140 police officers. But drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our Capitol to prevent the counting of electoral ballots and a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. And it obscenely trivializes the service and the courage the Capitol Police showed on that terrible day. <laughs> yeah, it was a toy dog. It's shameful. In other words, when you criticize me, you're really criticizing the brave Capitol Police officers who arrested the people who worked for me, the ones who committed the crimes I asked them to commit. And I, for That's one, will stand for that. That's what he just said. That's now, not what, what you just have said. There is not so much an explanation. In fact, it doesn't explain anything. Instead, it's a master's class on whiny, rich, liberal self-righteousness. It's a distillation of a worldview that is so concise and said so perfect. by the whiny, rich by uh, conservative. The future seeking to understand how our civilization. Conservative is putting it mildly. Not only am I not sorry, yeah. you're the criminal for bringing it up. Stop hitting me, he screams as he punches you in the face. That is what? passive aggression taken to the level of art and anyway colbert says shut up i'm a his i'm a comedian with a toy dog you can't criticize me so the question really is is stephen colbert a comedian well if you're one of the relatively yes. few people who still watches stephen Colbert's show on cbs you'll well that's fucking bullshit to tell <laughs> this show's like the most, most popular nice late night colbert show Colbert sounds like yeah. the notably unfunny kareen jean-pierre he sounds like a biden flack delivering whatever talking points the White House tells him to repeat. And if you doubt that, here's what it looks like. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden did it. He's our next president. God, his band is so good. to be the one you were thinking about when you weren't sleeping last night. And it's the one happening all over America, the protests in wake of the murder of George Floyd. And please don't buy the false narrative that these are lawless mobs. The vast majority of these protests have been peaceful. There's a simple, if extremely difficult solution, reduce the number of guns. We've done it before and it worked. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a humanitarian crisis, but also it is a triumph of humanity. Take that, Putin. Okay, so I might have the most privilege of any white person you've ever met. How do I identify that in my own life? Because if I have white privilege, I want to be able to identify it. Give me some hints as to my white privilege. 
Oh my God. Okay. This is a long clip, but I think this is my favorite part is the, the, the vaccine dancers right here. This is great. This is why we need a budget. Everybody. Yeah. There were, there were people dressed up as vaccines and dancing on, uh, on set with Stephen Colbert. And I feel like that's the kind of energy we need to bring to here to Echoplex media. <laughs> Although right. we, we don't have our own band. So we'd have to like, I don't know, make them dance to like a, a roughies song or something. Yeah. Uh, I do have to ask though, before we move on to, from that one, what was Tucker complaining about? Like, I don't even know what the thing was that Colbert apparently supposedly did. Uh, that Tucker was complaining about. I so mean, he's got, there's a yeah. character, a triumph, the insult dog, dog it's yeah. a cigar smoking puppet. It's not, it's obviously not yeah. really smoking the cigar. Apparently they went to the Capitol with, uh, without they like went onto the grounds or whatever, without an appointment or whatever. Oh, and they, they, they believe they were escorted out because they were there without did, an appointment. Did, did they steal a door? No, no. And they were, they, did they erect a, noose no to hang people no i don't think they did anything of the sort and um actually best i can tell the bit wasn't even that funny so yeah <laughs> that's the real tragedy is the bit so, wasn't funny. okay <laughs> but yeah they were there i think exactly the same they were there without an appointment like without authorization like in a part of the like the, the capital where they weren't supposed to be and okay. they were escorted off and i think they were given a fine or something okay so Here's a, an argument in favor of pollution on the Newsmax channel. <laughs> but but just bear with me for a second, because obviously people, they, they I, I agree with you. This it gets blown out of proportion. They go full lunatic mode when they talk about this issue. But obviously there's there must be some impact. Burning things obviously can't be that good. I think we can all agree on that when you see the, you know, stuff burning into the air, when you see coal burning. I, I can't imagine that's good for the environment. So what, what do you think the future looks like? What are your thoughts on, on that? Well, so you have to distinguish between the climate impacts and then you can just call them pollution impacts. Okay. So you can talk about the emissions of a given amount of coal, but even there, if you have filtration technologies, those emissions can be quite low. And you actually don't wanna live in a world with nothing in the air. If you have a, like a totally clean world, you become extremely vulnerable, just like if you're never exposed to any germs, which we've seen some people have this happen during COVID, you're, you're vulnerable. And you, vulnerable <laughs> you need just the right amount of fucking coal ash in your environment so that your body adapts to it. Yeah. It's, it's not like the earth is like, has a, uh, an immune system that needs to be trained for, <laughs> to fight coal ash. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Right. And human beings too, you don't, yeah, you don't become immune to the negative effects on your lungs of pollutants by being exposed to them. That's he's just conflating this with like the germ theory of disease. Yeah. That kind of thing. But with the CO2, the point is that impacts climate. But it's perfectly possible that the positives of that outweigh the negatives because part of it is greening <laughs> and part of it is warming. And the warming, the general consensus is, occurs in colder parts of the world. So I think there are going to be some pros, some cons. But the benefits that come with the warming are huge. And that's my basic point is people don't think about the benefits. Well, unless you live in like a low-lying country, the only way like an island country or something. On demand irrigation is through fossil fueled machines. And as you said at the outset, so-called green energy isn't remotely a replacement for these. So we'd become even will more it, endangered by climate without. Will it ever. 
That was just the most wrong shit I've heard anybody say in like a very short period of time in a little while. He literally was telling us that like if the air was completely clean, that we wouldn't wouldn't be resilient to pollution. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's it's bad for you. The shit in the air is bad for you. Yeah. And then he was trying to go on about uh, CO two in the atmosphere. He's like, it's he's he's like, oh, it's going to warm up the cold areas more than the the hot areas. Well, first, that is somewhat true. It's going to be more, but the hot areas are still going to get hotter. And if you melt the ice caps, guess what happens to those places that are are in the warm areas that are that are pretty low and uh, not very high above sea level. They uh they get possibly swallowed by the ocean, or they just have a lot more common flooding. Yeah, kind of like Miami. Kind of like Miami. Miami's beautiful. Just throwing that out. <laughs> let's say let's let's save Miami. Let's save Miami. You got to do cocaine somewhere. Uh, not you. I, I mean, other people, and certainly not me right. either. I don't. I don't. I don't do illegal. Of course drugs. not. Yeah. Um, not anymore. Actually, I'm 44 years old, dude. Fuck that. Yeah. 45 actually shit i forgot i'm 45 now so um <laughs> we got two more stories before we go into red light um and of course we got mike pillow here he's uh real mad about walmart like no longer carrying his pillows he's <laughs> the last two weeks we've had clips of him talking about this very thing at his events the biggest retailer that was Walmart. So when they drop, that affects my employees directly. Now I went to my employees and I said, I don't. I promise you, no, no matter what, no one's getting laid off because of what Walmart did. Even if I have to pay them, like I did during the China virus, I paid mm. people during the China virus, even though some of them couldn't work. Yeah. And and you know what? The China virus. They keep attacking. Yeah, he's racist. Go figure. Furious. They want to attack my pillow to bring me down, to bring down my so my money, right. to bring down the money. And we went, I went through tens of millions. I, tell, I got news from right now. I will borrow that. money. I will sell to get money. I will do whatever it takes to get our country back. It does. So they're wasting their time doing it. All they're doing is hurting themselves. Walmart. What do you think Walmart's bottom line is impacted by a few people who are pissed off that? They're not carrying the Mike pillow pillow or do they go there yeah. and just buy a different ass pillow? They definitely bought a different pillow. But what is kind of surprising to me is that Walmart was carrying the pillows anyways, because they're like wildly overpriced. And Walmart, you know I mean? Walmart has their own brand of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they probably are just, they have their own pillows that are the same kind of pillows. I think it's like memory foam pillow, right? Right, it's like crushed memory foam. It's like basically like the ends. Yeah. And then they just make it into little small cubes or whatever. Those aren't really great pillows, by the way. If you get a memory foam pillow, you want a solid piece of memory foam, not the crushed stuff. Because over the course of the night, your head just sinks in as the crushed memory foam goes to the side. And now you don't have a pillow under your head anymore. <laughs> so those are actually I, uh, quite bad. I haven't tried the solid one. I My pillows do have the... The little little pieces of memory phone. It works fine for me. Huh. I have to be a little careful about how I set up the pillow so I get enough neck support. But other than that, they're very comfortable. I've had bad but I didn't luck with pay. Them. I didn't pay for a, a my pillow. Mine what? was way cheaper. So, <clears throat> just before we before we get out of here, I'm going to run two clips of a. Uh, I ran this video on Wednesday for the Intellectual Dollar Tree and the um name of the uh episode that i put out was the uh, gay white power hour with dave and doug <laughs> because dave rubin and douglas murray i think i'm like the only person who can really call it that 
<laughs> and get away with probably. it? Probably. <laughs> probably. Um, <clears throat> so here's them first talking about the homophobic hate that Dave and his husband, Dave, <laughs> got when <laughs> Dave and Dave Rubin got when uh, they announced that they were having, a, they were not having, they were going to have two kids. And he's going to just say, ah, it wasn't so bad. You know that David and I made this announcement uh, in the last couple mm. weeks about having kids and we're obviously overjoyed. And it's great. And 99% of what I got, especially from my friends on the conservative side of the aisle, was amazing. Mm. Well, nothing but love and support. A lot of it publicly, plenty of it privately, but it was, it was all good. But there was Ooh, this, this is sped up, isn't it? Frog related, but not all. It does sound like it. People anger towards this related to gay, related to IVF, a whole bunch of other things. And I thought, I don't want to pay too much attention to what a small minority are saying, but it's not nothing. And I often say to you at some point in all of our interviews, you so happen to be gay, zippity doo dah, okay, here we are. But as, as a conservative or a, I don't know all the words, I don't want to put anything in your mouth. Fascist. What, what do we do with this tension? <laughs> what do you think we do with this tension? It's funny, I, I haven't talked about it publicly that much because I don't want to give too much credence to it because it was, it was a very small minority well, of angry people. It wasn't, and, and by the way, not just angry people, because some of the things I think are legitimate concerns. You know, if, okay. if two gay men have kids, well, where's the, where's the role of the mother? Right. You know, things like oh, that. There are things I've written about that. Yeah, there are things to talk about. So what, what do you think we do? What are the legitimate concerns? I don't think I people don't were sending Dave Rubin studies about like what happens when there's no mother in the household, right? I, I feel like he's just getting like a blowback from this group that he was helped kind of form, right? You know, uh, the alt right kind of people. Yeah, it's again like why are these monsters that I helped create behaving like monsters? Right. <laughs> and at the time, I mean, I saw it on Twitter. People were saying pretty nasty fucking things to him. <clears throat> and now he's like downplaying it. Yeah. Which, I don't know, sucks for his kids. Sucks for his husband because he's not out there like standing up for his family using a, yeah. a fairly large media platform that he has. Here is uh, another set of clips from this. It's uh, They're talking about the war on white people. Of course. Can you stand here to judge Shakespeare? You really think you have that right? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a work of art. Anybody can, yes. You can critique art, sir. But as I say, but the culture yeah. bit is the most painful in a way because it's the same story as the war on white people. It's the same story as the war on our history, the war on our religious inheritance and our philosophical inheritance. And this is the war on our cultural inheritance. And it's all done in the same way, with the same anger and, and, and resentment. Well, here's what I think. I think we've been being polite. And I'm done with it. Totally done with it. Um, all of what I described in this book is only going on because uh, we happen to live in highly tolerant societies. Uh, so I give, I give a set of what it would look like if we stopped being tolerant. Um, well, what would it look like for you, Douglas Murray, if we stopped being tolerant? I mean, here are yeah. a couple of standoffs I would do. Uh, I feel this very strongly. If, if you uh, don't respect my ancestors, I've seen no reason to respect yours. All those people are dead. You know, if yeah. you don't show any respect for my history, I don't see why I should pretend to respect yours. Ooh, I, you don't show respect for my history. Why should I pretend to respect yours? Wow. Also, there's just history. It's just the shit that happened. People are arguing it right. all, over it all the time. But like, you don't you don't have a different history than other people. Uh, if you don't respect my culture, what does he mean by respect history? If you don't respect me, I see no reason to respect you. Um, now, what does this look like? This lack of politeness. Well, it would look like telling some truths that Arya has been too polite not to uh, say. Or to, in recent years, at any rate, in in the end of his series on civilization, Lord Clark memorably said that um, that uh, that that courtesy was one of the things that defined the West, 
It's a very interesting thing to fall on at the end of his thing, but courtesy. Courtesy is a hugely important thing in Western society, but it's not endless. So here would be an, a non-courteous thing to say. Um, we t we've been told about other ways of knowing, um, other ways of doing maths, non-race, anti-racist science, and all this sort of thing. Yet we do not go to any Aboriginal communities for vaccines. Oh, yikes. Um, because they've, you, the, you, like imagine 50 years ago, some indigenous community decided to put up a bio lab, <laughs> right? <clears throat> they'd be uh, like, well, these people are building a bioweapon. That would be the first thing they'd say. Yeah, well, he's, he's, well, he's ignoring, ignoring the fact that we do go to Aboriginal communities, or at least we used to, to study, you know, what kind of medicines they used and to see if they have any that, you know, might be useful for Western medicine, basically, right? Um, some of these communities had some stuff that turned out that we could get some extracts from certain plants and and make into actual medicines. It was a way for people to kind of find new medicines. Um, they didn't do vaccines, to my knowledge, but uh, he's being an idiot. <laughs> well, when you wipe out a bunch of people... Yeah, that also kind of causes a problem. Right. They're going to have a hard time building laboratories. <laughs> yeah. We go to no first peoples for cancer treatment. We go to them for no mathematical, scientific, or artistic discoveries. That's incorrect. Yeah. We do not go to them to rediscover other languages and other cultures. No, because we beat their language out of them. What does he mean we don't go to them to discover other languages? He means to say that they're not like cosmopolitan so that they're not going to know okay. French. Oh, okay. Cause we definitely go to them to find, uh, um, languages that we're like, we don't know about. Right. In fact, and I sometimes believe it actually pushes our linguist science, I guess is what you got to know what you call that. <laughs> if I'm not but mistaken, you, if I'm not mistaken, we, during, uh, World War II, one of our codes that was hard to break was a uh, good point. Was an indigenous language. Yeah, but he doesn't mean that. No. Cultures, partly, largely because such communities seem to have had not much interest in other cultures. Unlike the Western mind, they seem not to have taken a great interest. Um, what do you mean by take? I mean, we took a great interest in other people's countries by col colonizing them. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't come over and colonize your country, so they're stupid, you dumb fuck. So, <laughs> uh, the not courteous thing would be us saying, we've been courteous for an awfully long time, and we're going to stop, because it seems not to be doing us much good. So, we will uh, pursue truth wherever we want to pursue it, for whatever means we have and whatever disciplines we have, and we will stop pretending that alongside uh, all the great philosophy of the West, <sighs> Native American philosophy is equal. Whoa! Well, wow. we don't know. Well, I mean, uh, he, he's he said philosophy, but he's I feel like he really means uh, culture, and that's not like something you can really compare as better or worse. You know what I mean? They're different. Well, the other thing is like you can't like I mean you can. I'm not I you can't isn't. You can't expect to like wipe out somebody's civilization and then w then go around being like, "We're all your great philosophers." Yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Well, they dead," 
or now they're a warrior because of the circumstances we happen to be under. You don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't, you know. Also, he seems to be forgetting about uh, Buddhist philosophy and, and like um, Confucianism uh, philosophy that's not Western philosophy or American philosophy, but was extremely important. And not large for nothing, parts of the world. Not for nothing. There's a bit of a pipeline from like Eastern philosophy done by white people to the kind of fascism that uh, old Douglas Murray's talking about. Yeah. Really? <sighs> well, that was bad. We watched that whole thing on Wednesday. Isn't that great? Wow. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I did not tune in. I forget there was something we covered that we were that I thought you were going to go over. Oh, it's from actually how to tech are you? There was a, somebody you were trying to find more information about something. I guess you didn't find a video for it. Oh, the, 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 the Google cult. Yes. That one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Maybe reason to check out the last episode actually of how the tech are you is we talked a little bit about a cult that seemed to have been dominating, um, a team inside of, uh, Google and, uh, yeah. um, I haven't looked at it much. I'll look at it for our Thursday show. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening to the podcast version of this show. Live viewers hang out. We're not going anywhere or I'm not going anywhere. Matt's going to bed because he's on the East coast. I'm leaving. (laughs) Thanks for joining me yet again, Matt. And I'll see you tomorrow for the recording of our other show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I find this podcast wherever you find podcasts. Make sure you follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex media. You can find the defamation times and all kinds of other great stuff on our website. That's equiplexmedia.com. I have a new article from Professor QAnon dropping pretty soon. Not sure what it's about, but he said I would be particularly interested in it. And uh, I'll be back with Red Light, everybody. And a drink.
can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.